Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Dr. Van Beek. Dr. Van Beek. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to another midday edition of this, folks. That's right. That's right. It's in the midday. We're always Dr. Van Beek, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think we're continuously Dr. Van Beek in the midday. Yeah. Yeah. At night we could be Reverend Van Beek or just Larry. Yeah. You yeah. know, or you know, or you know, La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched La La Land. It's lovely. It's, a, it's, it's really a, worth seeing, eh? It's a lovely movie. Yes, I quite enjoy I it. I usually, I usually, am nervous of movies when they win Os- Oscars because or Academy Awards because I think, yeah, usually those ones completely miss me. Hmm. You know? hmm. But hmm. Uh, but but you know, I don't know for sure what that has to do with the Book of Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> but. We're going to do the book of Hebrews today, Stephen. <laughs> We're going to do the book of Hebrews. Now, Not today, like over the next 13 weeks. Yeah. Now, does that and mean... It, it, might, it might extend to 15. There's a couple of these that may take more than a week to do a chapter, but right. we usually don't let that stop us, right? We just skip stuff and do a chapter. Yeah, we're, we're, we soldier on. We are. We do, we do. <laughs> Except today, we probably won't do a full chapter today. Yeah, yeah we are the marathon runners of, uh, of Christian biblical podcasting. <laughs> Hebrews is a book that um, oftentimes we avoid because it has, it has some, I don't really think that it has particularly heavy theological issues but there are there are strong theological um, disagreements over this book okay uh, so uh, probably probably for for many many centuries I'll even say um, this book was called the book of Hebrews um, the uh, the Apostle Paul to the Hebrews oh okay and and everybody thought that the Apostle Paul wrote it and um, it was probably, I'm going to say since the 1950s. It, it, you know, scholars would have been much earlier than that. But, mm-hmm. but since the 50s, probably the 70s um, of, of the 19, 1970s, that, that people started, scholarly attention got, got a hold of it, and they started saying this, this wasn't written by Paul. Mm. But don't forget, um, pretty well every Pauline book in the Bible, um, scholars argue, um, that they weren't written by Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it starts whether it starts or finishes with I Paul, no, he yeah. didn't write it. Different Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see the big letters I'm using because you know. So oftentimes Romans is allowed, and then everything else they they throw to the wind. Like mm. they'll say, they'll say Galatians certainly wasn't, and and Colossians was a was a um, a student of Paul, but not Paul himself. And they often do it by language. And oddly enough, I was doing something in Hebrews the other day, and I thought, "Wow, that sounds just like Paul." Hmm. So um, <clears throat> that's how you know we've we that we are are um, amazing scholars <laughs> that, that we can read something and go, "Hey, that sounds like Paul." Yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of like when you phone. I always go, "I could I could tell it you by your voice. Mm-hmm. I can often tell it you if you wrote things. I could probably tell it was you by the way you wrote because I've I've read your writing." Yeah, I'm sorry Steven. for that. I'm so sorry that you've read my resume. But most of it is you're you're fixing my resume so I can get jobs because <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep one. So, so uh, but but I had that feeling, and I can't remember which which uh, verse it was. But so so just so you know, um, the older ministers, like like I'm talking seventy years old, eighty years old, 
they they would still have it in their head that Paul wrote this. The younger ministers and and scholars would say this wasn't Paul, because that's because the Bible college teachers and the um, university teachers stopped saying it was Paul in the 70s, mm. and so. So anybody 60 years and younger would say, oh, no, it's not Paul, it's somebody else. Okay. <clears throat> so they, they don't necessarily think it was Paul. Um, what that will say then, um, some will say Barnabas wrote it. Hmm. They have no good reason for saying that at all. <laughs> and others would say that um, Priscilla wrote it, of oh. Priscilla and Aquila. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things that make them think that, that Paul didn't write this is, is he doesn't say his name in here. Oh. He usually says, you know, this is Paul. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, grace and peace be with you. And this one just just goes right into um, a theological argument. It goes right into a thesis about, you know, uh, yeah, long ago God spoke by the prophets. Mm-hmm. So what this book is going to do, so Priscilla and Aquila, and the reason they say Priscilla is because they would say Priscilla was the um, was the higher level of those two, of Priscilla and Aquila. Okay. Um was it Priscilla and Aquila? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had to be. Who was the guy that they helped? I forgot his name now. That doesn't matter. Is it not Apollos, is it? Apollos. It was Apollos because they started thinking, was it Aquila and Priscilla and Apollos? What is going on with those people? <laughs> <laughs> keep it straight, okay? We can't keep the relationship straight. Um, and they think that maybe it was Priscilla because Priscilla was a woman and a woman... Um, would not generally be known for writing stuff in those days. So so she might have not used the name at all. And mm. that's why they would say Priscilla. The timing is also also good for any of these people. Um, so going back to it, we would say, most of us will say we don't know who wrote it. That's what we'll finish with. I don't know who wrote it. Okay. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> uh, for the timing of it, uh, we'll, we will put this book just before the fall of Jerusalem. Okay. So we'll put it in the mid-60s. Okay. You know, uh, could be earlier, could be earlier, but the reason we say that it's not talking about the fall of Jerusalem is because the temple was destroyed in AD 70. <coughs> and this book is all about the supremacy of Jesus. And part of it is his supremacy over the priesthood. Okay. And if, if the temple had been destroyed, we would have thought for sure that they would have mentioned the destruction of the temple. Yeah. It would have been it would have been just too important, right? Mm-hmm. So we think it was written before they kind of knew that the temple was going to be destroyed. And so that's why we put it in the in the mid to early to mid 60s. Okay. Okay. Right? Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the timing of the book. The the message of this book is actually quite redundant. By the time you get to the end, like you've said the same thing over and over in different ways. So he'll talk about Jesus being superior to every other form of belief that you could have had within Judaism. Hmm. He didn't go beyond Judaism. He didn't go to other religions. He didn't go to anything like that. He, he just kept Jesus as superior to Judaism. So this was written specifically uh, to a Jewish audience. This is one of the Catholic books. Catholic meaning universal. Okay. Okay. To all Catholic. churches kind of idea? Yeah, yeah. Um, that it wasn't written to a specific audience. It was written to be read by everybody. Okay. Okay. But we do know that the audience was completely Jewish because everything he says here has to do with a Jewish audience. Okay. 
or an audience that understands Judaism at least. So that's what it's all about, Stephen. Okay. Um, and you you haven't jumped in at all, so maybe, <laughs> <laughs> I I apologize. I'm I'm just yammering away. Here. No, you're doing fine. I didn't know. Uh, you don't need to hear me pontificate on something I don't know anything about. Yeah, and and you and I might even have arguments in the midst of this book. <clears throat> Because I think your church would go a different direction than my church goes in some of this stuff. Okay. Which would be quite interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You and I won't argue about it because neither of us know anything. (laughs) Well, one of us knows something and the other of us is an IT director. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the the other one they wish would be an IT director. (laughs) Because a theologian registrar really doesn't help. Doesn't help at all. I was doing grad list today. And we've got a, the guy who does our lists is, is in communications mm. and he's very inaccurate with the stuff he does. And, and I am the registrar and I am very inaccurate <laughs> with the stuff I do. And they put us together and we, we couldn't, we couldn't put four names in that were right. Then <laughs> we're doing the list. So, so that's, I, I, maybe I won't even show up tomorrow for grad just cause I don't want the president to be looking at me just disgusted with, with me. <laughs> what are you doing? Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm just wearing a robe. A crown of, and a robe. Of, anyway, um, long ago. Okay, I'll let you read the first bit. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Folks, we're going to start at, at uh, Hebrews 1, obviously. And uh, I, I think Larry's going to have me read the first four verses here. So, yeah. Long ago, and at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. So he, he jumps in really hard. You can see how, how ministers do whole sermons on, on just one verse of yeah. this book. It's, it's just packed. It's packed with, with imagery and packed with... It is, and we will skim over that like it doesn't even exist. That's <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Because that is our style. So he says to him, he says, so in the past, God spoke um, to our fathers, so you know to our Jewish fathers by the prophets. So in the Old Testament... Um, he spoke by the prophets. Even in the New Testament, he spoke by prophets. Mm-hmm. They're prophets mm-hmm. all the way through, right? Mm-hmm. He said he used to speak to them by these prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, right? Mm-hmm. Whom he appointed the heir of all things. So he said it used to come through prophets, but now everything's coming through Jesus. And notice he says in these last days. Mm. Do you remember Remember in the in when we're dealing with the book of Revelation, we often say the last days, and people look at you know the seven years that are coming ahead of us, mm-hmm. and these are going to be the these are the last days. These this, these are the end times, where where the where the author of Hebrew actually says the time that we are living in now, the time that um, he or she was living in in the first century, these are the last days. Yeah. So they felt that they were in the last days. So whenever I do the last days. I do them from the cross. I say the last day started at the cross mm, mm, mm. And, and goes forward from there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what the book of Hebrews is saying too. In these last days, God is doing everything through his son. 
His son is the heir of all things, right? And then he says that God created the world through Jesus. Hmm. Just kind of interesting, right? It's a, that harkened back to Genesis right then and there, right? Yes, it, yes, yeah. Um, and we will make man in our image. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's that, there's that, there's that feeling of a trinity even, even in Genesis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or at least of a two. <laughs> <laughs> what's a what's a tuity? <laughs> a duality? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's that, a, bit... yeah, it's a, a dual something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's the best I can yeah. come up with. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We are also not going to be math props in our lives. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he creates through Jesus. He creates the, the world as we know it, according to Hebrews, was created through Jesus. Hmm. So Jesus was always there. So this this is a statement of the deity of Christ. Mm-hmm. The, the authors in the New Testament rarely just come right out and say that Jesus is God, but they, they hedge around it in these different ways. Okay. Although, he gets a little stronger, doesn't he? Oh, and Jesus is the Word of God. Remember, God created the world through, by his Word, and then they call Jesus the Word of God. So there's there's these little tie-ins right. that, ta- that that pull Jesus into creation. Yep. Like John is the one who talks about you know the th- things created through the Word, right? Right, right. And then verse number three, it says, and he's the radiance of the glory of God. So what does that mean? Does that mean, that kind of means... Like glory for us is a radiance thing, right? right? For the Hebrews, glory had a, had a very strong idea of weight as well. So C.S. Lewis writes about the weight of glory. But he says Jesus, Jesus is exactly who God is. He's the exact. They're, they're struggling to say this too, aren't they? Yeah. They struggle with the Trinity as much as we do. Yeah. How do you say that Jesus, I don't know why you don't just say Jesus is God. Right. You know, the Father and the Son are the same. But he says he's the exact imprint of his nature. And Jesus is the one then who upholds the universe by his power. Yeah. It, so it's normally a, it's God. Right? Yeah. And it's like yeah. they really didn't want to say that Jesus is a reflection of God's glory, but simply that God's glory comes out through him. Would yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. They went stronger than reflection, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Not like the moon, more <laughs> like the actual sun itself. Yeah. S-U-N. Yeah, the, the, the two moons over um, whatever planet that was in Star Wars. Uh, the two stars. I have no idea. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I started an analogy and thought, why did you start this? It's going nowhere. Stop now. But I could. Yeah. I couldn't stop myself. Yeah. So, and then he says he made purification for our sins. So that's when he died on the cross. Mm-hmm. And we can we insert that in there because we know that piece, right? Right. And sat down at the right hand of God having become much superior to the angels. So he was made lower than the angels for a little while, but now he is superior. So this is the first superiority. The first thing he's superior to are angels, Hmm. right? And these guys all believed in angels. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews talks about angels a couple of times. He's the one who says, you know, be be careful because some of us are entertaining angels um, unawares. Uh, which would mean we're entertaining them without knowing it. <laughs> I, I throw that in in case you thought I said underwear. Because <laughs> I don't want to entertain angels in their underwear. I don't know. But, uh, under here? Under, th- under, under there. Underwear? Oh, I made you say underwear. Isn't that a fair naked lady song? There we go. Yeah. 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 yeah we're not getting very far today, are we? But anyway, so so basically what he says is um, is is he is greater than the angels. And then he, he says that in the next, in five and six. Yeah, yeah. So 
Picking up at verse 5, for to which the of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Keep going. Okay. Of the angels, he says, let's make his angel, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond all of your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. And the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool at your feet? For they, uh, sorry, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit, who are to inherit salvation? I, I guess it will be easy for us to get through the rest of yeah, this. Yeah, look at us go. Because really, he, he's saying the same thing all the way through, right? Yeah. So chapter one, Jesus is greater than the angels. The, uh, the, like we said, the book of Hebrews um, has a very strong angelology hmm, hmm. in it. It's um, And not all of the New Testament talks a lot about angels. Like they come up in the Gospels, and they're usually a foil in the Gospels, right? They're, they're there to say um, to the guys at the Transfiguration, what are you staring at? You know, yeah. they're doing stuff <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. At, well, at the birth of Jesus, they're saying, Jesus is here. You know, don't go to, don't go to Brian's place. Yeah. Um, because Jesus is here. So, so, so there's these things. But in the intertestamental literature, angelology was super strong. Mm-hmm. There, there's a great deal about angels in the Apocrypha and in the Pseudepigrapha. So my book on Enoch mm-hmm. talks a great deal about angels. It's, it's actually a, an alternate view of the fall because of angels. Mm. There are angels in Sirach. There are angels in these other, other um, intertestamental books. So the angelology, I don't know if it, it, it increased during what we call the intertestamental period or the second temple period, or if it was always strong and just got lighter a little bit later on. Mm. But, but his point was um, <clears throat> that, that angels are unbelievable, right? These are the principalities and powers that Paul talks about in, in the book of Ephesians. These, these are the, the, the powers over the earth. And it, then he says... As great as they are, yeah. Jesus is greater. Yeah. He, um, God never said to them, I, today I have begotten you. Yeah. Right? Even though God did beget all of them. Yes. He never, he never said that kind of stuff. And he never said to them, you're my son. Yeah. He only ever said that to Jesus. Now, that begotten thing can throw us a little bit because that, that suggests that God created Jesus. And yet, in, in our theology, God didn't create Jesus. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have always been as one together. Right. Right? Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> but the idea of being, being the firstborn and being the Son is, is... So what we do, because that scares us a little bit when you use these terms like begotten, you were, gave birth to, um, we, we usually use it in the form of, of positional. Hmm. This is Jesus' position. Hmm that he is the first 
um, with God <laughs> at all times. <laughs> and then, of course, it says, what did he do with his angels? He makes it. He does whatever he wants with his angels. He makes them winds and flames of fire. Um, I can't remember winds so much except in the book of uh, Ezekiel when God speaks to him on the wind. The flames of fire, um, I often think of the burning bush. Right. Okay. The burning bush that speaks to him, that that, that being an angel, right? Okay. But So angels often come in the scriptures as people. Like when they talk to Abraham, the two guys come, or mm-hmm. the two guys to go visit Lot and things like that. They, they usually um, take on this human form, mm-hmm. but they can take on any form they want. Yeah. Yeah. And and seraphim, this the there's cherubim and seraphim. Right. The seraphim actually means the burning ones. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Okay. Too much chili. That's, Too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down on the Frank's hot sauce. You should be fine. Uh, then you'll be all right. <laughs> but it, then we'll change your name. And Go you ahead. can you can see that whole thing with angels. I mean, even John is confused about angels in Revelation, right? You know, he he bows to worship in front of an angel, and you know. So that continued on even in, in later as we move through the, this uh, decade, right? Yeah, angels are forever having to say to people, don't worship us. Right. <clears throat> now, one time, even Paul had to say, don't worship us, mm-hmm. right? But, but angels are forever having to say to people, yeah, yeah, worship God. Um, I'm just a servant like you. Mm-hmm. And they throw in, I'm much better than you. <laughs> Uh, no, you're thinking of the academic angels. Oh, yeah, the academic angels. <laughs> I'm just like you, only better. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, to the son that he talks about his position again. Your throne is forever. You have a scepter of righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you laid the foundations of the earth. So this is, this is Jesus again. You laid the foundation of the, of the earth. And the heavens are the works of your hands, right? Mm. Um, but everything else will be like a garment that you're going to roll up and throw away. But you are the same and you have no end, mm. right? And he says, to which of the angels did he say, sit at my right hand, which is where Jesus sits yeah. at his right hand. And we all sit on his knee or some, yeah. some weird thing like that. But um, like we're taken into this whole thing as well. right? Um, but the angels, as great as they are, they're not as great as Jesus, and he just wants to point that out. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He is at his right hand. Everyone else is, you know, like the angels come and stand before the throne, right? That kind of imagery. Yeah, yeah. And this idea that we we have something to do with angels later on, that um, it must frustrate them to no end. But yeah. right. these they don't people, speak yeah, these people are going to rule us? Have you seen them yeah. for crying out loud? <laughs> They're, <laughs> idiots. They're idiots. Have you seen them? <laughs> they can't clean their own toes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so anyway, yeah, and and um, and the angels are ministering spirits sent out, right, mm-hmm. for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah, the angels are here. It's weird that they're here for us. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I think that's because Scripture was written for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he if he was writing it for dogs, he would say something different. <laughs> You know, they they have their own thing. <laughs> yeah, the references would be a lot different for sure. Um, they would. <laughs> so, Larry, before we close it up, is it is there is the writer Paul who or whoever it is is there really trying to hammer home Jesus' position by emphasizing him as creator as well? Is that is that kind of a critical point there? Well, I believe it's critical. Okay. It's critical for me that that's what he's doing, that he's saying he is the creator. 
Hmm. Like, and he's greater than the prophets, right? He spoke through the prophets. Now he speaks through Jesus. He works through the angels, but Jesus is his son. Hmm. And he's going he's gonna to say the same kind of thing over and over through this book. Hmm. You, he, you got to, or she, if it's Priscilla, yeah. um, the author, uh, you got to get just, just how hard they're trying to say Jesus is everything, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And put them on that uh, same level, as, or put them in the Godhead at that point in time, right? So. Oh yes, very much so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just like Revelation does that in chapter four and five, mm-hmm. Hebrews is doing that here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. My friend, thank you for that. That was fantastic. Yeah, I was wishing I could say a lot. Like, there's so much more to be said about angels, but um, but you know, people. But go and read stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but, but not the not the new age stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, and we're going to revisit this several times throughout our our thirteen to fifteen weeks that uh, that we'll do this, folks. You'll you'll hear Larry hit on it time and time again. Of this is another thing we've learned about angels from this passage. Yeah. So. Well, folks, we're so glad, as always, that you got to join us today. Thank you for putting up with another midday edition of the Apocalypse Podcast. And uh, from the energetic Steve and Larry, we're so thankful that you were here. (laughs) And we'll see you next time on the Apocalypse Podcast.